Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web! Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man! Hello, true believers. Welcome to the Spider-Man Book Club. This podcast is all about digging into the library of everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his cosmic corner of the Marvel Universe. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and today I'm joined by the coolest guy in Boston. It's BJ <laughs> Shea. <laughs> What's going on? Thanks for having me. I, uh, you know, you are always welcome, sir. And, uh, you know, you were one of a few people I reached out to and said, uh, hey, let's do a let's do a what if uh, story. Is there a Spider-Man one you like? And you and you mentioned you were like, I don't know what it's called, but something like Carnage Cosmic or something like that. Yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. <laughs> so this this was a total blast to uh, first of all to track down because that was not easy. It's not on the Marvel Unlimited app for no reason. No. Uh, but. Uh, to to track it down and and to be able to read it, uh, this was you know this was it was quick. It's a, it's too quick. I mean, it was a blast, you know. Yeah, you asked me um, if there are any what if issues that I that I like, and I haven't. I would like freely admitted that I haven't read a ton of what if. Like, I love the concept of what if. Like, I've heard all like yeah. the what if Spider Man had married the Black Cat. What if this happened? What if that happened? Mm-hmm. And but the but probably the only one I've ever read is this issue. Uh, what if, uh, and it, I, we mentioned it, uh, before we started recording, but the cover is so, so amazing, so striking. Like, I remember buying this issue like in a grocery store spinner rack, like when those still existed. So, mm-hmm. I, I remember getting this issue, and that cover is probably the most is the thing I remember the most about it. I mean, it's it's striking. We could do the whole episode about this. <laughs> um, but before we do all that, uh, we'll dive We'll dive in here. Uh, so uh, as we said, this is pulling up my notes. Make it look like I prepared for this episode, which I <laughs> promise I did. Here we go. Uh, what if starring the Avengers, the greatest sacrifice, uh, AKA what if number 108 which came out in March 1998, uh, written by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Sergio Cariello, inked by Keith Champagne, colored by Kevin Tinsley, and lettered by Chris Eliopoulos. And uh, the story that this uh, What If's from is the, um, uh, it's a two-part that Tom DeFalco actually wrote, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 430 and 431, where you know, Cletus Cassidy breaks out of prison. Uh, the Silver Surfer just happens to be by. And then the, the Carnage symbiote leaves uh, Cassidy and attaches itself to the Silver Surfer. And I remember those issues because I had them when I was a kid. I just happened to buy them. And then like through like time and, you know, moving a million times as you do when you're a kid to your 20s and 30s and so on. You know, those issues are long gone. And when I got back into my collecting days about like 10 or so years ago, I was like, I'm going to look those issues up. 
you know, well, I wonder if I can find them in, in a store that, where I'm traveling and there's like a big back issue box or whatever. Uh, and then I found them for super expensive, like a piece. They were like $30 just for the single issues. Oh, Jesus. And I was so mad. Uh, but then like once like digital comics became a little bit more of a mainstream thing, I just bought them there. And I was like, you know what? I'm happy because I got to re reread them. It reminded me of my childhood, and it was fantastic. And then you come along all these years later <laughs> and say, hey, this one's kind of cool. And I said, oh, my God, it's the, you know, alternate ending, so to speak. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny that you mentioned that, how you read the original story and I read the what if story because I didn't I yeah. must have known that it was a, from a mainstream title. But I know I've never read those issues like this is the only like. Uh, this is the only part of that story I've ever read. So that is funny how it's kind of lined up that way all these years later. The the opening couple of pages is uh, is how I think the second issue starts. So you get the okay. sense of what's going on. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think they're pretty good about catching up to speed in the what if stuff. You just have to read it in Jeffrey Wright's voice. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, my voice isn't uh, that deep. I don't think I could pull that off. No, unfortunately, a few of us can. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. But uh, I got to say that one th one of the things I was really excited about reading this was, um, like, first of all, does this not feel like just a really fun book? Like, it's you and I with our action figures, right? You know, oh, yeah. like, you've got the Avengers, I've got Spider-Man, and it's like, hey, what if Carnage was on the Silver Surfer, and then yeah. they all had to fight him, you know? It's just... <laughs> it's yeah definitely it's, it is like like the last few like uh like shows i've been on uh, with you is like we've gone into like oh like norman osborne and green goblin and a lot of death and stuff but this was <laughs> even though there was like a death in here but this was just a fun like you said uh smashing all the action figures around and kind of doing your own thing and that's right. what this you're right this did kind of uh invoke that um well, what was funny to me reading it was I was fully expecting um, just the Avengers to get just massacred. And I was pleasantly surprised that that didn't happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's seemed it, it, like it's been so, like, I probably haven't read it since uh, 98, you said it came out. Like, I probably mm -hmm. haven't read it since then. But as I'm reading through it, like, I'm like, oh, like, all the Avengers must, like, totally get wiped out. But they don't like there's only no. like no only one person dies and it's kind of it's really not i i was not expecting that while rereading it all these years later like i'm reading like oh i'm like thor iron man and um firestar are definitely gonna uh bite the big one but no that doesn't happen um i think that's what um what, what made this one so so much fun for me was a lot of the what if stuff we've been doing and even just random ones I've read um, in my comic reading history, you know, they, they, they get pretty dark and they get, they're not afraid to go the really wild route with the characters. Um, so there was something kind of interesting about a, um, a more subdued story here, right? You know, um, that, you know, if, if the, most of the what ifs are sort of left or right of center, this one is just like taking one foot out of center. You know, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, this could have been that, that that third issue. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, definitely. It definitely could fit in the mainline issue. Like it would suck for Silver Silver Surfer, sure. Silver Surfer <laughs> fans, but uh, for everybody else, it does. It doesn't really throw a status quo off that much. No, and I think that's what was interesting was feeling like you know, like I said, the, the some of the other what ifs get gets so dark and, and bleak. It's, I have to like take a break. I'm like, I, I need to, I need a palate cleanser, you know? Um, whereas this one, like I said, you know, could very well have been, you know, and maybe it was cause you know, Tom DeFalco wrote both of them. Maybe this was like an alternate ending that he had in mind. And, and uh, Marvel said, no, you can't do that. We're not killing off the silver surfer. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then, that would, I mean, that would make sense. Like I, Scrolling through the Marvel Unlimited, like looking for this issue, uh, even though it's not on there, but mm. uh, seeing some of the titles is like, what if like uh, a symbiote had fully taken over Spider Man, or like, what if Wolverine right. like was like, I think it was something really super dark with Wolverine, and like I've read about those issues, and you're right, they do get pretty like, it feel, feels like the writers just kind of like, let's just go. There's no continuity here. We're just gonna go as crazy as possible. But here, you're right. It was subdued, which I liked. It was, it did make for a fun issue. Yeah, um, and plus, I I will admit that I miss I miss this version of Thor. You know, because like the the movies have kind of conditioned us that Thor speaks English as opposed to like you know I don't know, like Shakespearean English <laughs> the yeah, way he yeah, speaks yeah, in, yeah. in these older comics. Um, and I, and I thought about that, uh, like, especially having done a rewatch of some of the Marvel movies, especially like Thor Ragnarok, I was like, man, by the time they got to Thor Ragnarok, they're just like, you know what? We're not doing any, you know, he, he's, he's going to say whatever he wants. He doesn't have to say, you know, how dare thee, or, you know, he's going to speak in contractions, right? He's not going to say cannot. He's just going to say can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to. Definitely by Ragnarok, they were like, "All right, this guy's—he's a bit of a goof." Like the the more take a what take a what watiti of it all or whatever, however you say right. his name. Uh, like he's definitely—they're gonna play him more comedically, and I feel like through like now this is a Thor podcast, but through that uh, <laughs> through Ragnarok and Infinity War and Endgame, it, they were—he was for last, but he was still kind of serious. Where in Love and Thunder. Like I did not really like Love and Thunder. Like he was almost it was like a joke every two seconds. I'm like, I just I just want to see him smash something with his hammer. <laughs> yeah, that that one hit the hit the nail a little too hard in terms of the you know people loved the comedy of Ragnarok. Let's dial it up to eleven. It's like yeah, it was just it was too much. So joke every two seconds. And I think in my right. theater too, what threw me off was like there were people around me just laughing at everything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, not everything's funny. Like uh, take like take a break. <laughs> But, but <laughs> like just, crazy, maybe that maybe that was a me issue, like. But <laughs> yeah, you right. Maybe you're just having a bad day, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, this. Uh, but this was also, uh, you know, the original story took place around the time there was um, the, the heroes reborn. Like the Avengers and Fantastic Four had been gone for a while, and then they came back. So you know, that's. So I, I remembered that re- reading this in uh, Spidey says something about like the Avengers and he's like, well, technically we're not back together yet. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, I was like, Oh, uh, that's right. Because it took place during that weird, uh, you know, here is reborn era during uh, the, the late nineties. 
Yeah, it's a makeshift uh, Avengers team. I think Spidey Spidey calls it a pickup team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Thor, Iron Man, and Cap, which you always have with the Avengers. Firestar, mm-hmm. which I knew from uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, that classic cartoon. Yeah. But and I consider myself a pretty big comic fan. I think you're a pretty big comic fan. Obviously, we read comics. We talk about comics like all the time. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is Justice? I've never heard of that character. Uh, you, you got me. I thought the same thing because I was. I meant to look him up, but I was like, maybe JJ will know. He's he's a man. He's a man of uh, of intelligence. But who? So I was like, who the hell is Justice? I was like reading it. I'm like, who is this dweeb? <laughs> he he didn't contribute much of anything to the story. And no, I no. Just, and I remember at one point in the story, like Spider Man's like, I can't believe I'm. Like the Avengers are out fighting uh, Carnage, and I'm sitting here, and he like gets mad at Spider Man. He's like, "What rookies like uh, zeros and Spider Man?" And Spider Man's like, "No, like I want to be out fighting, like not just sitting here. Like I don't know who you are." <laughs> you know, you know what it felt like to me. Um, have you ever seen uh, uh, Community? Of course, one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay, so in season one, there's a great bit with uh, with Jack Black in a later episode. He's like. Guys, I've been here the whole time, and they like, yeah, they yeah, like yeah, Photoshop yeah, yeah. them in. It, yes. Like the, the Justice character feels like that to me. Like he's just kind of like, <laughs> like, like Dawn in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What are you talking about? I've been here the whole time, kind of thing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great. That's a, those are two great pulls. You could do that. <laughs> like now, I kind of want to see like all the classic like Infinity Gauntlet storyline, all those classic like Secret Invasion, and let's just stick him like right next to Captain America. <laughs> on every panel. Yeah, guys, this is Justice. Don't you, you remember yeah. him. And, yeah, just and founding Avenger, Justice. Yeah, and, and also his name is Justice. Like, you know, not yes. not Mr. Justice, not Captain Justice, just hi, right, what, what's your name? Justice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I meant to I meant to look I meant to look it up, but I was like, maybe he's he's not even worth it. It's not even not even not even worth and, Google. No, it isn't. And this like, you know, two minute back and forth we've had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this but this was also oh the visions there too of course because you know you got to have the vision. Um, he gets taken out quick. Yeah, and that's that's one trope that um, that does get annoying. It's like we got to take out the most powerful member just to show the stakes of how you know big this is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Justice League the the animated series. Kind of famously did that in season one. It's like every every episode, Superman was the first one to get to go down to make it seem like, oh, this is a real threat. Like they can beat Superman. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's. I feel like that's a trope we used to see a lot more, but maybe now that's a little. Uh, I think writing has gotten a little bit smarter. I think where they're they're not doing that as much. Even though in Infinity was Infinity War, Vision kind of gets taken off the table pretty, pretty quick. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but uh, but at least there it 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 sort of fit the story, and he wasn't like down for the count. You know what I mean? True, true, true. So, but but I get, but yeah, that's uh, a. You know, it's funny you mention that because I remember thinking that the last time I watched the movie, I was like, I was like, yeah, he does. He's like. He can't do anything really. <laughs> no. um, like he's done. He's done for. But again, yeah. it worked for the story at least. Um, 
but uh, <clears throat> you know, th this is also the the type of story when it comes to Spider-Man that I really love because we get like the, you know, uh, nothing can beat the juggernaut type of thing. Like Spider-Man, like he, he can barely take on car carnage alone. How's he going to handle carnage with the, so with the silver surfer. And I think um, the way, you know, kind of plays out in this story with the Avengers showing up, but like, at least that makes sense because Peter, he was going to need all the help he can get with carnage, regular as opposed to carnage supreme you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no you're right i do he is great throughout this issue where um it is always cool seeing spider-man with the avengers especially at this time before he was like an avenger like he was always marvel's top character but he was never part of like like the marvel trinity or, or anything like that because right. which i do where do you stand on like spider-man being in the avengers um, I, I kind of agree with you that back in these days, it was, excuse me, a, a little more special because it didn't happen very often and yeah. it, and it felt sort of like one of those, you know, the best analogy I can come up with is, uh, like in Batman beyond when he meets the justice league and he, and he's kind of just kind of barely commits to the justice league. You yeah. know, it, it's like, that's kind of how Spider-Man should be. And then when he did join the Avengers in you know 2004 with the new Avengers, I was like, eh, you know, I that's cool, and it's more Spider-Man for me to read. But at the same time, like it, it makes it slightly less special. But it's also uh, the stories are good, you know. But yeah. uh, there's a nostalgia for when he was just on the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like yeah, oh, for sure. I like I like my Spider-Man kind of. Like, cause he's Peter Parker. He's the everyman. Like he's, he's probably, he's at this time, like he's in his early twenties, probably mid twenties. Mm -hmm. You know, I like him trying to like, like we know like how he's such a great hero. Like us as the reader, like we know how, like everything he does and the sacrifices he makes, but I kind of like how he, he doesn't see himself as like perfect or anything like that, but he looks at like, cap and thor and iron man like those are like the ideals that he should strive for mm -hmm. while he's like try to be like them one day and i like how he's kind of like always like working at that and like he's not perfect at it but like we as a reader we know that he's that he's like one of the best but i do like i like seeing him pop up and stand shoulder to shoulder with them but i do i don't i'm not fully committed on like spider-man is an avenger and like one of the top heroes in the marvel universe that they would look to if that makes sense right right well i think you know the the past few years he's been kind of off the team um yeah. like, especially well i think since like bendis left a few years ago um which you know to me is uh is, is totally fine because we get to like I, i've always seen spider-man it's like there's there's like three corners to the marvel universe there's um there's Spider-Man, there's the X-Men, and then there's everything else. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. Especially like growing up, like in like uh, like our generation, like those were the two main like anime like cartoons. Right, right. And it's uh, like even now it blows my mind how like like as a kid, like when we were kids, like if someone had like an Iron Man like backpack or Captain America like lunchbox, like that was almost kind of like unheard of. But now with the rise of the MCU, like these kids have like all the Iron Man stuff and the Hulk stuff and the Cap stuff. And they're like, like I'm looking, like I'm seeing all these things. Like 
like at Target, like for sale. I'm like, oh wow, this kind of this does blow my mind. Like how big, like these kind of these were like the B and C list characters, and now they're the A characters. Yeah, yeah, and and not only that, but just like the, you know, you, you know. Speaking of Target, I was actually there earlier with with my sister and my daughter, and you know, even just the Spider Man characters. You know, there's uh, there's the cartoon Spidey and his amazing friends, which is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's Spider-Man, Miles, and and Gwen, and and I think that's and like my daughter watches that, and that's so cool, you know. And, and again, it's like, you know, when we were kids, there was one Spider-Man. There's one. Well, I mean, I guess if you think of 2099, he kind of showed up. So okay, two, uh, <laughs> but it took a while to get to that too. But you know, there yeah. was one Iron, there was one Iron Man, there was one Captain America, you know, there was one Hulk, you know. And, now there's a red one. Now that, yeah. yeah and it's you know it's it's wild how like the times have changed and it's funny because like this comic i got uh I, I got from ebay and you know that's it you know that like kind of blew my mind so i did feel like i was a little kid uh read you know reading it uh like you said in the spinner rack at the grocery store um you know like here's the the back of it it's a uh, it's an ad for species too. <laughs> oh Jesus! Wow, that's crazy. I do uh, love. I'm still like, if I had my choice, like, I'd rather read like have get the physical issue, uh, yeah. than reading like on like a tablet or like the computer or anything. Like I'm old school that way. Like if newspapers yeah. were still around, I would probably just have a physical newspaper. But <laughs> like I do like when I when I pick up the back issues, like I love seeing like all the ads like the random like nintendo game ad and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it does like totally flash me back like oh, so many of like comics in the 90s had like the gut milk ads like yep, on every yep. back on every back cover it was like geez it was like how how's like everybody not just addicted to milk getting seeing all these ads but yeah <laughs> it, it is always cool seeing like the old ads um i you know and, and like you said about having like a physical copy um there's something like kind of cool and tangible about that. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's part of the reason, like, you know, for my, my friends and my nephews, um, I like to, I like to buy books and comic books for them for Christmas, you know, or for their birthdays or whatever. Um, Cause it's like, you know, you, you get to, and you get to flip through it, you know, you get to, uh, I don't know, as opposed to just nothing wrong with, um, yeah, kids. You know, like having the physical thing in your hands, and you know, it just—it's a different feeling than just you know looking like you're flipping through Twitter when you're actually reading a comic book. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean everybody nowadays is so glued to their phone and tablets and computer screens that it is always good to. It's easy. It's easier on the eyes. I I feel too. No, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me. So, getting back into the story here. Um, let me ask you what what's your fandom like with uh, the Silver Surfer? You know, do you have you read a lot of his comics, or are you just kind of like like this is the only one? Or you know, what's your what's your backstory there? So, like, I've always known of the Silver Surfer, just being you know a comic nerd and like seeing him in things. Like, he was always cool. Like, he was always pretty cool looking. He's just a silver guy on a surfboard. Like, when you're a yeah. kid, that's like like the coolest thing in the world. So I can't remember. I haven't read much with the silver surfer, obviously uh, the movie uh, rise of the silver surfer. 
He looks uh, amazing probably, in that movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's probably like the most time I've ever spent with the character watching that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I actually think those Fantastic Four movies are kind of they're not as bad as people want to say they are. Like they just they're of a different time. But th- those came out in the nineties. I think that would have blew everybody's mind. But but yeah, that's probably the most time I've ever spent with the Silver Surfer. And then reading this issue is probably I mean he's barely in it, but yeah, it's probably right. Not much history with the surfer. How about you? Um, yeah, kind of the same. There was a character I always knew of, and I think the first thing I ever read him in uh, was uh, was actually this the, this uh, the story I was talking about that you know this what if spins off of, mm-hmm. um, and and then uh, when that movie came out, the Rise of the Silver Surfer, I got like the uh, I'd like. Marvel Essentials or something like that, and it had that first those first uh, Galactus and Silver Surfer issues in it, and and I just oh, remember cool. well, it was you know it was like I became kind of obsessed with the character, and I remember talking to uh, a guy at a comic book store years later, um, and being like you know this this concept shouldn't work. It sounds so silly, but it it totally works, and it's awesome. Like and not just because of the the look, but like the character is cool. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. It is, it is, it does. If you, if you were probably to go up to some just random person on the street and say, "Is this character is," and they describe the Silver Surfer like, "Oh, he's, it's from, he's from the cosmos, he's from space, but he's fully silver and he's got a silver, and he's got a, and he flies around on a surfboard." Like, <laughs> does that sound cool? They're probably like, "You're, you're insane." Like, that makes no sense. But you're right. <laughs> it shouldn't work. It's one of those things. It shouldn't work, but it does. Mm-hmm. And can I ask you real quick? What? So the original two-part story. What mm-hmm. is the Silver Surfer doing, just tooling around New York, where he happens upon Spider-Man and Carnage? Um, it's uh, he was uh diverting uh, an asteroid from the space station, and then he comes to Earth and he hears about the Fantastic Four coming back and wants to, you know, say hello to them and oh, you know okay. whatever. And then that's when he runs into Spider-Man and the symbiote, you know, like it says in this story too, recognizes him and flees Cletus Cassidy and, yeah. uh, you know, because of like the race hive mind or that they, the symbiotes have, which I guess works, even though Carnage wasn't born on the symbiote planet, you know, whatever, but. Uh, yeah. I was very kind of, I was confused by the, uh, by the symbiote in this story. So I don't know. So all the dialogue that the Carnage Cosmic or Cosmic Carnage says, it does. It, it, I don't know. But it's it's more like Cletus Cassidy dialogue than Silver Surfer dialogue. So is the personality the symbiote, or like did the symbiote just get Cletus Cassidy's personality and just kind of lop it onto Silver Surfer? Because he's like cracking jokes. He's calling Thor a moron. Like it's. <laughs> It it didn't really read as like the Silver Surfer is possessed by a symbiote. It was more almost the other way around. It was like I don't know, like Cletus Cassie was possessing the Silver Surfer. Yeah, that that's what they. I, I think they say something like that in the 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 original issues is that the um, uh, that it it adopted uh, Cletus's personality, and that's why the. Uh, the car or the 
Carnage Cosmic acts like that, which like I, I guess is just you know it's probably for the best because yeah. if it talk to like the Silver Surfer, then there might be a disconnect with the readers. They want to keep the the idea of the saying that this is still the same evil guy, just more powerful now. I don't know. It's no, it's yeah, a, it makes sense. I just maybe a, I shouldn't be thinking too hard and too hard about it. It's just. I no, I I thought the same thing, but then I was like, I, I we just have to kind of go along with it because it's yeah. just it it's it's easier if he if it still talks like Cassidy because maybe it's just our brains would handle that better. But yeah, but then yeah, again, maybe, but then again, maybe the editors aren't giving us enough credit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. But no, I I like uh, I like your explanation. Um, I I did like that. You know getting the the main avengers in there and and just how like i don't know it's like i i miss this uh and like comic books are you know it, it's it's a whole different game now you know what i'm really trying to say other than i i miss when the characters were just kind of more serious where it's like now it's like the movies everybody's cracking jokes everybody's got a one-liner and not that it's a bad thing because it keeps more of the stories interesting but something like this, this like one-off, I, I liked that, you know, not everybody felt the need to say something quippy every, no. every, you know, two panels, you know what I mean? No. Yeah. There's not many, not many quips. I think Spider-Man, he has a couple, which he's known for like sure. um, when he calls, he's like, all right, so we're a pickup team against like a cosmic God, but I like that <laughs> line, but yeah, I do love, I do, as I think I've gotten older, as a kid, I l always liked Captain America, but he was always kind of vanilla or whatever. But as I've gotten older, and the movies have helped a ton, but and I but mm -hmm. I've started to read a lot more Captain America stories, mm -hmm. and like I it's like I freaking love Cap. Like he's he's the man. Like even in this, like both Thor and Iron Man kind of get knocked out, but he's back and he's whipping that shield around. Like I love seeing him toss that shield around. I love when he has like a big kind of speech to the villain and i think even um carnage uh cosmic carnage in this is like oh man if i knew you're gonna give me a speech like i would have killed you first or yeah like i <laughs> like but i do like a good captain america speech and I, it's almost kind of like superman too like as a kid i've always liked superman mm -hmm. but as i've gotten older i've even liked i've liked superman like even more and that's the same with captain america you know i i totally agree um it and i think it just it helps to, and maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's an age thing, you know, just <laughs> growing up and thinking, oh, he's just kind of a square, like he's cool because he's strong yeah. and he's the leader and everything. But it was sort of like, um, like Cyclops in the X Men, you know, yeah. it's like, like who, whose favorite X Man is, is Cyclops when Wolverine's standing next to him, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Gambit's right there. I, Gambit's got playing cards, like they explode. Exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, whoever came up with that, that's like the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, like the, the 90s were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that they haven't gotten Gambit right in the movies doesn't make any any freaking sense whatsoever. Uh, I know. Andy, Andy was played by my guy from Friday Night Lights, Taylor Kitsch, Tim Riggins, yeah. Texas Forever. I was like, when he was Gambit, I was like, oh, it's perfect. It just didn't yeah. work. <laughs> no, not not for that. No. Film. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... Um, like you were saying about you know Captain America, it's like say like, okay, like he's cool, he's the leader, whatever. You know, if I'm buying the toy, it's because it's in a two pack with 
you know, another character I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then again, you, you get older and go like, Oh no, like it's, it's his convictions. It's his passion. It's his loyalty. That's what makes this character great. Because For when sure. you're a kid, you're not thinking those things, you know, like we are kids thinking, Oh, Spider-Man's funny and he has cool powers. And then we grow up and, get on a podcast and go, Oh, it's great because there's the emotional reality of this, <laughs> you know, this, this, this kid who just wants to fit in and be normal. And, but he has all this responsibility and we're just like, you know, and we can talk for an hour about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, I would that doesn't make sense. Like as we get older, like we've kind of, we've aged with these characters so much that we're starting, to, like we've become better. We've, like we're smarter readers like readers now and like we can see like why cap's written this way and like why he's done the, why he does sound like a bit square like at times but as we get older we're like oh no that's that's where it's at like, that's the good stuff like he's who spider-man looks up to so like we should look up right. to him as well and i think uh you know getting getting this like 90s team in, you know in this book you know, like right before you know, or at least in the context of the story, right before the Avengers come back, it's just, you know, it, I don't know. It, it like it's it seriously took me back to just buying comic books again. You know, like I said, because I thought the cover looked cool. Yeah, it's like look at this. It's the Avengers and Spider Man versus you know, uh, Cosmic Carnage. That's like why? What ten year old wouldn't buy that off the <laughs> off the spinner rack? Right? Yeah, I mean, hell yeah. I mean, I did. I first, I probably <laughs> was begging my mother for it. <laughs> just looking at the cover too like i've never noticed the cover but uh carnage has cap shield and it's got where the star is it's got like a little carnage face on it like that's just like that's just like pretty like sweet attention to detail like to yeah. add that and like he's it's got spider-man by the neck while the other avengers are flying in and poor justice got wiped out looks kind of <laughs> like iron man yeah, but he, he got wiped out by a purse snatcher, so he's not even part of the action. Yeah, someone just a <laughs> uh, strong breeze knocked him over. <laughs> yeah, we, we went like we went like twenty five minutes without talking about him. <laughs> this is the Justice Book Club podcast. I don't think I don't think there's any podcast about justice out there on the internet. If there is, uh, no, I'll apologize. Yeah, uh, I won't because why? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, you know, it's uh, like I said, this is just like a fun issue to to just kick back with. And and like I said, the uh, the part that got me so excited was, you know, feeling like it was just a this was just a regular Avengers uh, adventure, you know, because like I said, the what if stuff gets so dark sometimes. And I was fully expecting, you know, Carnage to have Cap Shield and chop his head off with it, you know, Same. and. The, the closest we got to anything really bad was him like melting Iron Man's armor or, you know, and he kind of, and Iron, and it looked like Iron Man was going to die. And then he's like, he's like, wait, you know, emergency power to the boosters. And then he's like, I'm going to get new armor. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that too. And, and, and um, really awesome part too is when, uh, Thor throws the hammer and as it's coming back to Thor, it's got a piece of the symbiote on it mm -hmm. and he can somehow the surf carnage surfer can somehow can control the symbiote and it's got a spike and right, like right the Thor and like there's almost nothing he can do, but then Iron Man comes in to, to save it. Like that was a pretty good Thor took a kind of, he took a big beat in at one point. 
Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, he was, I thought he was about to die at that end. It was like a big double uh, splash page, like after he calls him a moron. Uh, yeah. But then, but then Cap comes in to save him. So that was, yeah, I was kept waiting for someone to die, but it wasn't happening. Um, you know, on, on that note, what I really liked was that um, Spider-Man kept saying throughout it, like, there's only one person who can beat Carnage, you know, and he, and he keeps saying it. And, and the characters keep guessing like, Oh, it's Thor. Oh, it's, Oh, it's you. Oh, it's Firestar. It's whatever. And then, and then at the end, you know, it's Silver Surfer who gains enough of his, uh, you know, his self back to fly into the sun. And, and Spider-Man was like, Nope, like he was the, he was the only one. And I was like, I, I freaking love that. That just because one of the things that this is part of my issue with Spider-Man being in the Avengers is that he should, you know, he should be one of the smartest people in the room, right? Mm -hmm. If he's standing next to Tony Stark and like Hank Pym, he's on their level. He's just as smart as they are. If, if not, maybe not as smart because, you know, he's younger, but at the same time, like, you know, when Bendis was writing those Avengers books, Spider-Man was always just kind of like, the goofy, annoying little brother in the corner, you know? And it's like, no, he's supposed to be one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. And yeah, and that's why, and that's why that just that little bit in this, when he kept saying only one can stop him, only one. And then everybody's like, Oh my gosh. And he's like, yeah, he was the only one. Like he knew. Yeah. I have that written in my, uh, in like in my notes, like uh, Spider-Man, like he's, he knows like the symbiotes better than anybody. Mm-hmm. But he knows that the only person that can beat the symbiote is like whoever like is being possessed by the symbiote. Like that is a great uh those are great moments where he's like, Oh, the only one person can save him. And like Firestar is very uh presumptive. Uh she's like, Oh yeah, like I could definitely stop him. Or like I'll definitely be the one to stop him. But mm-hmm. no, he Peter knew deep down that he that the only person, only one that could stop uh the symbiote was the surfer. So yeah, that that I'm glad that uh, we're on the same page and both having that as an awesome moment. You know, it's it's that kind of thing that uh, I think modern superhero stuff, well, not the comics, but like the movies and stuff are are missing because they're, you know, and I've talked about this in other shows, like there's, there's the guy in the chair trope, right? Yeah. So it's like, so Peter isn't as smart as he should, as he is in the comics because he has Ned and MJ in his ear. Yeah. You know? And uh, and same with like you know the Flash, right? The TV show, like Barry Allen is supposed to be like this like genius, but he can't do anything without Star Labs, <laughs> you know, yeah, coaching him the, through how to use his friggin' powers. <laughs> yeah, the uh, that like that and Arrow, like that kind of did drive me crazy. Like as those shows went on and like the cast was getting bigger and bigger, like mm-hmm. it felt like the Flash and Green Arrow, like they both had their own like mini Justice Leagues. Like yeah. and they never re- like why even cross over like they got their own little why does Barry ever need Green Owl's help he's got vibe and you know all these other like Killer Frost when she's good like <laughs> yeah every, like everybody's they got their own like little little teams like mm-hmm. but like I understand that like all right they're like season eight and they gotta come up with a a storyline but it was annoying like after a while it's it's just one of those uh, one of those weird annoying tropes that. It caught on somehow, I guess, probably because of Arrow. Now that you mention it, uh, yeah. because that was the first one. Because um, yeah. Smallville really didn't do that. Because you know Clark was basically on his own almost the whole time. Yeah, uh, it was, 
He's Superman. Right. <laughs> so he's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that kind of stuff though. And, and uh, you know, and, and I thought about it earlier, just, just like the way I said it, it's like, you know, carnage on the cover and it's Spider-Man and the Avengers, you know, it's as opposed to just saying the Avengers, because I like the idea that this is Spider-Man's adventure that the Avengers are guest starring in, even though this is actually technically an Avengers comic. Yeah, cause it, it, does it, it is involved, strange. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like the Avengers have the title card like on the, on the issue, but it is all spun off from a Spider-Man story. Like in right. the original, that two part like the Avengers never showed up. Right. No, nobody, ever, no, no one ever showed up. Right. No, it was, it was just, uh, it was just Peter and the surfer. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even the Avengers in this, so like Spider-Man's like, Oh, how'd you hear about this? And they're like, Oh, Jarvis, like, uh, rounded up some former members and then he would fire starting justice. So like, Oh, we saw them on the way. So we joined too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so just it's, like a like a weird carpool. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, for sure. It's just like a random like Jarvis saw it on the news and then called up Tony Stark and was like, "Hey, get get Thor and Cap over here and and Vision. Let's something's going down." You know, and that's uh, and that's how it happens, isn't it? The Avengers don't uh, they don't need to they, they just have a disaster and they come together. You know, as opposed yeah. to <laughs> being recruited. Um, and even in this too, like. Uh, Cosmic Carnage is out doing flipping the pyramid and things like that, which reminded me of the movie too. Like when uh, when the surf is going around and like gonna oh. in the yeah, in like, like he freezes over something. the desert and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, like he's tooling around on the news and like they're just sitting all in Avengers Mansion, Jarvis is serving them tea, and like they're talking. <laughs> They're talking about like how to stop him. Like, oh, how do we stop this guy? Like, we need to hold him off or the Fantastic Four. Well, like, but first, let me like let me finish this cup of tea and then we'll then we'll get going. <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta you can't go into battle on an empty stomach. So <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, you know, yeah, that's that's funny. But yeah, it you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's it's that kind of stuff you can only do in a comic book, you know, and. It, and it makes it like I mean, sure they could maybe do it in a movie, but it would just look kind of weird. And then people might think it's just a ripoff of Despicable Me. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did think that for a minute, but because uh, then he, he, he like melts the Statue of Liberty too. Um, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh man, you, you just don't do that shit. <laughs> mm. But uh, but you know, I I gotta say, man, I'm so ex- I'm so excited we got to talk about this. This was such a fun read, and uh, and uh, so thank you again for suggesting it. And uh, yeah, yeah, thanks if, for, yeah, thanks for yeah. asking me like about any what if issues, and because it did like this when you said that, like I was like, oh, the only one I ever read was uh, Cosmic Carnage. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, wait, so and here we are. What a what a what a weird like set of events, you know that I know. that. It put us put us on this path together. <laughs> That's uh, true. So, uh, BJ, if people are uh, surfing the uh, cosmic airwaves on a silver surfboard, silver, wow, silver surfboard. That was really hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where can people find you online? That's what I was getting at. <laughs> uh, I am at Twitter at uh, BJShay33. Um, I'm on the Batman Universe podcast too. Uh, every other week with my guys over there, I usually 
have a five things article I try to put up or been reviewing the Penguin series, which has been pretty good, like as of now. When I don't know when oh, this yeah. is coming out, but uh, I've been enjoying reading that. Uh, but yeah, I'm over that. I'm always around. Hit me up, talk to me about sports, comics, anything, anything funny. I guess I'm around. Community, it's a great <laughs> show. So, oh yeah, uh, and yeah, definitely check this guy out. He's uh, I like your, you know, your. Uh, I like your articles. I do the podcasts. Uh, Appreciate that. So, yeah, of course, it's it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, Thanks. As for me, you can find me at Spider Man Books on Twitter. Uh, you can also email me Spider Man Book Club at gmail.com. And uh, you can follow my personal account, which is at Four Comic Junkies. That's F O R Comic Junkies. Uh, please write a review, subscribe, get this podcast out there, get it swinging through the what if multiverse. If that's a thing, I don't know. Uh, so thanks a lot, folks, and we'll see you next time. Excelsior!